Next on BYU Sports Nation, the legend, an Aggie and a Cougar, Hall of Fame coach Lavelle Edwards joins us to discuss the new age of BYU football. Utah State star linebacker Kyler Fackrell tells us about the transformation of Aggie football and why his team has become hungrier than ever to beat the Cougars. Plus, what's what game's the most important left on BYU's schedule? I say Wisconsin. And I say Utah State will debate next. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You know what it is. It's BYU Sports Nation, a Thursday edition, October 3rd, Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton, here in Provo, Utah, in the BYU Broadcasting Building. An exciting show today, as mentioned, Lavelle Edwards uh, on the program. We're excited to talk to him. I'm especially excited to ask him about uh, Eldon Forta. Uh, Lavelle Edwards was a Granite High School coach uh, for a couple years. In 1962, he's an assistant on the team with Eldon Forti, who Taysom Hill uh, is going to break all the records that Eldon set as a rushing quarterback. We'll ask him about the Utah State rivalry. Of course, Lavelle was a lineman, and he was actually what's called a quarterback in the single wing, which is now equivalent to the fullback. Yeah. And so he has great perspective on rushing quarterbacks. But uh, the legend, he'll be on. Uh, Fackrell, the talented linebacker, will be on. And we'll get to your tweets uh, about uh, who's going to have the biggest impact uh, the single, in the game. The single wing in 1962 was was kind of like the wildcat of yeah. its day. Yeah. You put your best athlete back there, you snap him the ball, and you let him run like crazy. Find a hole, get to it, and go. And uh, Eldon Forti was the man. It was Lavelle's first year, right? His very... first year as an, assistant. as an assistant. So he was yeah. an assistant from 62 to 71 and then took over in 72. And, and then had a guy named Pete Van Valkenburg that led the nation in rushing. Meanwhile, Gary Scheide, guest on tomorrow's show, former BYU quarterback, was being recruited. And Lavelle said, hey, we're going to pass the ball, man. You come here, we're going to pass the ball. And then BYU had the leading rusher in the, in the nation. <laughs> Oh, the irony. I, I love it. You can't make that stuff up. <laughs> a friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. You can also catch the show on demand every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. Developing news on BYU Sports Nation. Listen to this. Field Yates, a reporter for ESPN Boston, has released this information. Former BYU receiver Austin Colley has signed with the New England Patriots. Beautiful. Colley spent the first four seasons of his NFL career in Indianapolis with the Colts, played in the Super Bowl. He had a series of concussion problems, tore his patellar tendon last year, fell off the radar a bit because of those injuries and whatnot, and was cut this preseason by the 49ers. Well... Seems it all worked out nicely. Collie will now join Tom Brady's young receiving core that includes big names like Kembrell Tompkins Who? and Julian Edelman. Well, Edelman's Heard known a yeah, little he's bit. Good. He's good. Last week, four of the six receivers were banged up and didn't play, as is all pro tight end Rob Gronkowski. So he may or may not play this Sunday against Cincinnati. That said, Collie will now catch passes from arguably the two best quarterbacks to play in this generation, Peyton Manning in, in Indianapolis and Tom Brady in New England. I love the idea of Collie and Brady working together. Uh, I watched a bunch of the Patriots-Jets game, and was that week two, I want to say? Tom Brady was so frustrated with his receivers. And you know what he's not going to be frustrated about? Austin Collie catching passes, running precise routes, making plays. Austin Collie to me, is the best receiver in BYU history. 
And hands he, down. And he has uh, Cody Hoppin's going to break his records, but 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 Kali uh, uh, did what he did in three seasons. Uh, and in the NFL, Kali still has the opportunity to write himself a legacy. He's played just four seasons. Uh, when he when he got his kind of the first concussion, he was leading the league in almost every major category through five or six games. And so I'm really excited at Austin Collie uh, playing for the Evil Empire, but it's with Tom Brady. <laughs> Are the Patriots the Evil Empire? In the I, guess NFL? They, I guess they were. They were. They haven't been recently. They're undefeated. There are five undefeated teams in the NFL, the Patriots being one of them. But I feel like Tom Brady, and I heard this on ESPN last night, they were arguing which of those teams has done the most with the least. It's Tom Brady. I mean, when you're receivers, you're leading receivers. I don't know, man. Are, the Chiefs? The Chiefs. Alex Smith has Dwayne Bowe, and he can hand the ball to Jamal Charles. But they were so bad last year. Yes, they also have Andy Reid. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have turned it around. They're, they're the comeback you team have of Tom the year. Tom Brady. But Tom Brady, his whole wide receiver core left. What's harder, to throw the ball or to catch the ball? You've got to have receivers that can catch the ball. But you got to throw the ball. you got to throw the rock, brother. Um, dude, okay, this is, this is debate day. <laughs> this is debate day. I'm sensing animosity from Jeremy. I like it. It's verbal animosity, not emotional. <laughs> Anyway, Austin Colley, a great fit for him. He immediately adds depth to an already thin wide receiver core. And uh, like you said, he has a chance to make a legacy for himself to silence the naysayers who say he can't stay healthy. He's a, he's a walking health problem. We'll see in New England. And please avoid concussions. I, I, Colley's tendency has been to, to be that guy that's going to catch a ball over the middle and, and not fear footsteps. Uh, so best of luck to Austin in New England. Uh, join the conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question on BYUTVSports.com, which is this. Who will have the biggest impact in tomorrow's game against Utah State? Taysom Hill, Chucky Keaton, Kyle Van Noy, or Jamal Williams? What do you think, Spencer? Looking at that list right now, Jamal's workload, as we heard from head coach Robert and I, may or may not actually happen, but he said the workload's going to be a little bit reduced. So I'm going to take him out of the mix. Kyle Van Noy does his thing, whoever he's playing. Uh, He had a great game against Middle Tennessee, so he was a huge impact player. But what he does right there, sometimes, even though it's incredible, it's just not as flashy as what Taysom Hill does. And so I'm going to say Taysom Hill is going to be the impact player tomorrow. Uh, because so much of BYU's offense, all of BYU's offense, goes as Taysom goes. To me, it's Chucky. He just controls things for Utah State. The reason that Utah State went 11-2 and last year, Chucky Keaton. He's the man. He's really good. And if BYU can play like they did in last year's game, they'll have luck against him. Uh, earlier this week, Matt Wells talked about, as you mentioned, Kyle Van Noy in his weekly press conference. He respects the heck out of this guy. Kyle Van Noy is going to play on Sundays for a long time. In my opinion, he is—he's uh, long, he's re- he's rangy, he is um, twitchy, he's fast, he can go from slow to fast really quick, uh, he, he can redirect. He is a really, really good pass rusher against uh, running backs, against old linemen. It doesn't really matter. Um, he causes major uh, matchup problems. So I'll be happy to shake his hand Friday night and be done facing. <laughs> Calvin Noy. 
Utah State head coach Matt Wells, who will join the show tomorrow, by the way. I think a number of coaches share that sentiment. (laughs) I'll be happy to shake his hand and never see him again. On the flip side, here's what Bronco Mendenhall had to say this week about defending Chucky Keaton. Crap. I don't know what I don't know what else to say. Okay, okay, that's that was totally taken out of context. That was several weeks ago about something else, but you get the point. Defending Chucky Keaton, defending Kyle Van Noy. The fun part of this game is not just the rivalry. Steve Young said this several weeks ago. If you want to be relevant nationally, you have to do a couple of things. You have to win, you have to have an exciting brand of football, and you have to have star players. Yeah, there are style. star players in this game. The the biggest of them is Kyle Van Noy. Then it's Chucky, and then it's the emerging Taysom Hill. It's it's compelling nationally. Yeah. Uh, then you throw Jamal Williams and Cody Hoffman into the mix. I mean, there are there are a number of notable athletes. Kyler Fackrell, uh, who we'll talk to a little bit later, Utah State star linebacker, sophomore. He's a stud. Great players on the field on Friday night. So many intriguing matchups. Let's get to a tweet, by the way, uh, in reference to Austin Collie playing for the Pats, at Mama Lowy. Hopefully I said that right. No, I can't watch. Can't stand the Pats. <laughs> Just enjoy Austin Collie. That's all yeah. I have to say. I, I imagine that person will root for the Patriots once they see Collie run out in that number 10 jersey. Yeah. And he will wear number 10, by the way. It'll be all right. Okay, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Simplifying the offense. ESPN's it's Trevor okay Maddich. It's second and six. It's actually really good to be second and six. If the defense gives you four yards someplace, take it. Then if they give you another four someplace else, identify that place and take it. The stats aren't always good, but you're moving the chains. Then you have what you need. It's okay to take simple stuff. But you're going to see that from Utah State. There's some stuff down the field. But BYU was more effective against Middle Tennessee because they, quote, took what the defense gave them. And if that's there, guess what? That's first downs and that's touchdowns. Get first downs. That's, that's points. It doesn't have to be pretty. But if it's effective, why go away from it? It's amazing what completions do to the offense. We watched the Utah State Air Force game yesterday. How many dropped balls did Air Force have? They should have been in that game, and they weren't because they dropped passes. I was reminded a little bit of some struggles that BYU had. Not, and not it was as, way better against Middle Tennessee. Yeah, not as blatant. as I mean, Air Force, they had some guys wide open in the end zone, and they're catching the ball with brick hands. So, uh, very interesting. There will be some things open downfield. They're going to stack the box. That's going to happen. They're going to do the same, a lot of the same things, a lot of the same scheming that Utah did against BYU. They're going to force Taysom to throw the ball a little bit more. But, you know, it's a chess game. It's the, it's the mental joust, and I love it. BYU is playing to its strengths, which is what head coach, uh, excuse me, offensive coordinator Robert and I says is what they've got to do right now with the play calling. Right now, it's more about uh, it's more about us than than the playbook. In other words, what uh, players do best, and that's what we're trying to focus on. In the in fall camp, Robert and I said it's going to take four to six games to really figure this offense out. Here's game number five. Here's game number five. We're in the middle of that range that he talked about. So I I think we're going to see this offense just get better and better. To your point a few moments ago about what Utah State will do, I think that Utah's defense is better than, um, well, it's on par with Utah State. It's a little different because their corners are more aggressive. I don't know if they're better or not, but they're more aggressive. 
They're more active there, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And hey, they're from the Pac-12. They have Pac-12 athletes. Whatever that means. <laughs> I don't Just cuz you're from the Pac-12 doesn't mean Utah State's yeah. cornerbacks, I would say, are better and more polished than Utah's. They have okay. more experience. I, I'm just going to say that. Okay. I I think they're good. I don't think they're going to stack the box to the degree that Utah did where it was so tough for BYU to run the ball. I think BYU's got to be able to run the ball effectively against Utah State. And like Robert and I said, play to their strengths. Yeah. Credit Robert and I for realizing, and this is what makes a great coordinator, you do what is going to give your team the best chance to win. I know that sounds really simple and straightforward, but he's taking his players and he's not trying to force at this point them to do things that he wants them to do inside that offense. He's just going to say, okay, what do we do best? that we can fit into this new offense, and we'll go with that. And it, it's worked. It's worked. You've seen flashes of brilliance. You've seen some not-so-brilliant moments, but now it's just simple. Simplify it. Let's do those good things and, and move forward. We continue on. Topic two. Bigger game at Utah State or at Wisconsin? Analyst Blaine Fowler says, well, take a listen. If they win this game, it gets them on track and it sets them up so their big games down the road mean something. So Wisconsin means something. Notre Dame means something. Um, even, the, even the home games, Georgia Tech, those games have meaning. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler says BYU needs to win now to set up the increasing importance of upcoming games. And that brings us to our next question, Jerem. What's the most important game left on BYU's schedule? Now, of course, now of course, the game in front of you is the most important when it comes to the next set of games, right? The context. So if you're just looking at what's the, the most important or biggest game left on the schedule, it's who is the best team left on the schedule. Mm. And that's Wisconsin. BYU played Notre Dame last year, got a taste, so that's sort of old news to BYU fans, although it's very exciting and awesome. I still love that game a ton. I love playing Notre Dame. I think that's fantastic. Wisconsin's the biggest game left on the schedule. They've been to several Rose Bowls in a row. At Camp Randall, if BYU beats Wisconsin on the road, super relevant nationally. That makes Sports Center. If BYU beats Utah State, that probably doesn't even make Sports Center. let's be honest. But it's on a Friday, so it will. It's Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simmer on that a little bit. And we're going to listen to what Greg Rebell thinks and why a win over Utah oh, bring State out your is so critical for BYU in their postseason uh, accolades. I think it's a huge game for BYU. If they want to go bowling and they don't get the game in Logan, that now puts them in a position to have to win four of their final seven, including at least one road game, with those road games being Houston, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Nevada. I'm not saying Wisconsin isn't a great football game or a team or atmosphere environment. Camp Randall's ridiculous. It's going to be in November. Jump around, jump around. After the third quarter, yes, it's an iconic college football setting. But if BYU doesn't beat Utah State, that game, to at least a degree, becomes less relevant. You've got to win now for that game to be important in the future. If you don't beat Utah State, now BYU Two and three going into the Georgia Tech game. And as Greg said, BYU has to win four of their last seven games just to become bowl eligible, which means they have to win at least one road game. So it's you have to win now. 
you got to win now. You've, you let one against Virginia get away. You let the game against Utah get away. So now the importance of the game against Utah State has grown exponentially because you're 2-2 two and two on the verge of going back to a losing record again. BYU has not won back-to-back games this season. Can they get it done in Logan? If they do, then yes, Wisconsin becomes that much more important. So I think Utah State is the most important game left on the schedule because everything BYU does afterward hinges on the result at Romney Stadium. To a degree. BYU could go into the Boise State game 4-3, and three, beat Boise State on a Friday night, make headlines that way. But playing on a Friday benefits you a ton if you win and you, and you play well because SportsCenter is going to get you out there. You can own the night. Let's say BYU. Uh, let's say BYU loses to Utah State and crumbles. What you're discussing, I still think a relevant season's intact uh, because you can beat Georgia Tech, you can beat Houston. Then you go into the Boise State game and you win that. Then you're going into Wisconsin. You have three losses, but you're what five and three. You're five and three going into Wisconsin. Then you're six and three. You're on the hinge of being ranked if you beat Wisconsin after that game. So even if you lose to Utah State, Wisconsin's still the biggest game on the schedule. Because if I'm a random college football fan in Virginia, I don't care if BYU beats Utah State, but if BYU beats Wisconsin, they have my attention. You're not giving BYU any room for error. If they lose to Utah State, then automatically you're giving them... So it's over? You're giving them Georgia Tech, you're giving them Houston, and then they have to beat Boise State, which they've never done. They've never beat Boise State. Uh, There's only been, what, three games played? Still, I... I remember one oh so well when they lost fifty to twelve in a snow filled Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Oh three, yeah, in oh three, uh, I've never forgotten that. And then the missed field goal up on the blue turf, and then seven oh, to six last year. Twelve. Uh, BYU has, if they lose this game, the ability to recover after another loss is that much less. I mean, they they just don't have any any room to make mistakes if they lose to Utah State. They they do, but... The mistakes have been made for extreme national relevance. Two losses. I mean, at, BYU has to be 4-0 or 3-1 and to really be relevant. So the, dam- the major damage has been done. You're right. If BYU beats Utah State, that does propel them. But the biggest... What's the most important game left on the schedule is the question. It's Wisconsin. It's not Utah State. You're looking, you're looking at conference affiliation and the name. You're giving it to them on a no, name I, alone. Wisconsin is better than Utah State. Is, is Utah State better than Wisconsin? Utah State was better than Wisconsin last year and missed a field goal. Who won the game? Utah Wis- State was better than Wisconsin. <laughs> That's why they hired Gary Anderson. They were so impressed with him and his team. They wanted him to coach there. <laughs> but, oh. but Wisconsin won the game. 16-14. to 14. Should have made the field goal. Come on! The, here's what I love, though, about this debate. There are good, compelling games left on the schedule. Utah State. I like the Georgia Tech game. They're 3-1. and one. What if they beat Miami, who's undefeated this week? They're 4-1, and one and they're, they might be ranked. Houston's 4-0. They haven't played anybody, but they're the only undefeated, undefeated. left on BYU's they're schedule. Boise State. No matter what their schedule is, that's going to be... Or, uh, record is, it's going to be a good game. They're, Boise State's better than people give them credit for, by the way. They got crushed by Wisconsin, played Fresno State, tough... Uh, and then, of course, Wisconsin and Notre Dame. Nevada's sneaky on the road. Boise State reminds me a lot of BYU. They're getting better each week. They, they're a young team uh, with a lot to prove. They're going through some growing pains, but they're getting better every week, and they're still nationally relevant. Everybody knows Boise State. BYU beats Boise State. Yes, that's it's a, a good win. That's a compelling game. And then you play the most important game on the schedule, Wisconsin. 
Coming up on BYU Sports. You like how I snuck that in there? Yeah! <laughs> Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, Lavelle Edwards joins the program, plus Aggie linebacker Cairo Fackrell tells us why Utah State's especially anxious to beat BYU. You are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Thank you, Nate Austin. Sultry tones of the big man. Playing Rexosaurus Rex. That's right. Rexosaurus Rex. One of my favorite tweets from him <laughs> during the BYU-Utah week was very simple, but it came from Nate, and it just said, BYU, and then the carrot sign, meaning greater than Utah. I thought that was very clever. And to the point. Even though BYU didn't Nate win the game. Nate is a man that's to the point. Yeah, Nate. Nate's a good guy. Welcome back, my friends, to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. The poll results look like this on BYUTVSports.com. Here's the question. Who will have the biggest impact on tomorrow's game against Utah State? Spencer, who do you think leads? I'm going to say Taysom. Taysom Hill, 62%, followed by Kyle Van Oy, then Chucky Keaton, then Jamal Williams at 2%. That's not a surprise. I mean, Jamal, if, his, if, if the coach is saying your workload's going to be lightened, but who knows? He might, he might go for 150 and three touchdowns. He'll have the ball in his hands maybe 30 times and Taysom, 20-ish times. Taysom's going to have the ball in his hands 60 times. Or actually, they're, if they run 80 plays, 80 times. That's why a quarterback is unlike any other position in sport. Yeah. They touch the ball on every offensive possession. Like They, they have an impact in every single play. Unless... You bring in a, a wildcat formation or something like that, but still, like for the most part, the quarterback is easily uh, the person that has the the player that has the most impact just because of touches. So yeah, not surprised to see Taysom Hill. Now for our first guest, Utah State sophomore linebacker Kyler Fackrell joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Kyler, prior to attending Utah State, what exactly did you know about the BYU Utah State rivalry? Not a whole lot, you know. I didn't, I didn't really follow either of the schools a whole lot while I was in high school or growing up, um, you know. But I did know. I knew once I had committed up to Utah State, um, I started keeping a little closer track, and I knew of the win that they had over BYU the last time they won up here at home. And uh, you know, my dad is a former Aggie, so he was. He was really excited about it. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I didn't really understand it fully. How influential was your dad in getting you to uh, look at Utah State and, and become an Aggie? Um, it was, I mean, it was definitely a factor. You know, he had shown me a lot of pictures of himself or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I've been up to Logan. I have a lot of family up here in Logan, and we used to come up here and visit all the time. And I've always loved Logan, you know, just the area. Um, and then when I took my recruit trip, I really liked it. So, There's been a transformation with the Utah State football program the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, last year, the best year in school history with 11 wins and a bowl win. What's been the difference for the Aggies? Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I got up here the first year I played was last year. Um, when so it was you? Festival. And, uh, sorry, what? 
I said, it was you. You're the one that transformed that program. And Chucky e. Keene. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, you know, I think Coach A coming in, just changing the whole mentality, the whole culture of the program. Um, I think he did a lot for it. You know, a lot of players like Bobby and Turbin and all them that came in, really great players that came in, again, changed the culture and changed the attitude of, you know, just trying to change it to a winning mindset. Talking with Kyler Fackrell, linebacker of Utah State University, hails from Mesa, Arizona, a Football Writers Association of America freshman All-American in 2012, also first-team All-WAC in 2012. Now you're in the Mountain West Conference, Kyler, and facing new teams, new challenges. How has the transition been from the WAC to the Mountain West in your time at Utah State? Um, It's been, I mean, obviously we've already played two really good teams, um, one of which was was in the WAC last year anyways, last week against San Jose. Um, but we haven't really gotten to the thick of our conference schedule yet, um, so I couldn't say exactly how you know how different it has been just playing a little bit of a higher quality opponent week in and week out. But, uh, I mean, definitely the front of our schedule um, was loaded with a lot of good teams, you know, playing USC and, and Utah and, and even, you know, and playing Air Force and all the teams that we've played. So just, you know, needing to bring it week in and week out, whereas, you know, last year maybe there was a few weeks in there where we didn't need to bring our complete A game to win. The last two seasons have been three-point games. You're, you're a redshirt in 2011. I don't know if you were at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the sideline for the, the whole Riley Nelson comeback thing. And then last year is a defensive battle, 6-3 uh, to three BYU win. How hungry is the team to finally beat BYU? Uh, I guess it happened in 2010, but to get BYU after two close games the last two years. Yeah, you know, we, we've been right there the last two years. And I think, you know, our team... Logan, Utah State fans, you know, wherever they are, really hungry to get, have that wagon wheel back. Kyler, you go up against Taysom Hill, one of the most explosive running quarterbacks in the game. What are you doing to try? Your coach said to, uh, earlier this week that he wanted to slow Taysom Hill down. He doesn't think he can stop him, but he wants to slow him down. How do you plan on doing that? Right. You know, we, he, he is, you know, he's, a great combination of speed and power. He's a big guy. He's a big, strong guy. I mean, his he has deceptive speed. You know, he'll outrun corners um, to the sideline. So basically, we, I mean, we need to just play complete like assignment football. You know, if you need to keep the edge, keep the edge. Whatever gap you have, you need to stay assignment sound because he'll find the gap. Last year you had eight tackles for loss. I believe you have six already uh, to lead the team. What's gone so well for you in the early part of this year? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a little bit different switching up positions. I mean, they're almost the same position, but there's a different side of the field. Um, but I, you know, I, I've done a little bit more uh, pass rushing, which has been fun for me. But as far as you know what's been different. I don't know. I, you know, I think just being in the different position, um, and you know, my positions or my, you know, my teammates doing their jobs has allowed me to make plays. Kyler, I'm guessing that Logan is a little bit cooler than Mesa, Arizona. Uh, maybe I'm going out on a limb there, uh, but how did how did you transition from Arizona to Logan, Utah? Is playing in front of the herd 
worth it to you that much that you'll put up with the cold? Absolutely, absolutely. Now it's I. To be honest, I always I don't really like the heat, or at least the heat like it is in Arizona. You know, 110 degrees doesn't really appeal to me. That's brutal. And so I I could I can stand the snow more than I can stand you know just constantly being sweaty and stuff. So it's been. You know, it, I mean, it is rough sometimes. You got to scrape off your window when you wake up, and uh, but ultimately, you know, I I love it up here. Very quickly, what's the funniest thing you've seen an Aggie fan do in the herd? <laughs> um, That's BYU radio appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I to be honest, I don't get to look in the herd a lot um, while I'm in the game, but I I remember. I'm not even sure. Like two or three years ago, when Utah State went to the uh, to the uh, what is it, March Madness? Um, I remember seeing in Tucson uh, Wild Bill. Oh, Wild Bill! <laughs> some kind of like Tinkerbell dress. I remember that. I don't even know what it was. Anyway. I remember. Oh my goodness! That's hilarious. Uh, earlier in the week, I asked. Uh, Head coach Matt Wells, something we hadn't read or knew about Chucky Keaton. And he said, he loves Phineas and Ferb. Can you confirm this? He loves what? Phineas and Ferb, the cartoon. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some cartoon lovers on our team, and I think Chucky's one of them. Well, our thanks to uh, Cairo Fackrell, and uh, we wish him the best of luck uh, in Friday's game. Do uh, you, Jerem? Do you really wish Kyler the best of luck? Though? Okay, not the best. Just okay. No luck. I wish you no <laughs> luck. Yeah, and <laughs> what's the Billy Madison quote? <laughs> I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> we are all we are all now dumber, having heard what you said <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, good stuff with Fackrell. We appreciate him uh, coming on the show. Talented sophomore linebacker, and that's going to be a fun matchup. Do, do you think it will be? Uh, what, what's more likely? A, a ton of offense. Or like last year's game, a defensive game. I'm going to say, I expect both teams to be up around between 20 and 30 point range. I think there will be more offense, just because like 2011, yeah, 27, 24. Exactly. Chucky and Taysom create so many problems for the opposing defenses, respectively. That I think there will be more points scored. Will okay, and we've talked a lot about this stat. The last 21 games, BYU's defense has only allowed more than 24 one time. Uh, against Oregon State last year. Will BYU allow more than 24? No. 24 or more? Nope. Nope. Okay. And that's the benchmark. If BYU can score 25 plus, they're going 20 and 1 in their last 21 games. Score. What? 20 and 1? That kills Ugh. me. That, of all the stats, and I love statistics, that one kills me. Yeah. We asked Greg Rebell yesterday, Is that, what do you think about that? Isn't that frustrating? And he just said, rather. Yeah, I said, how frustrating is that? He goes, rather. I <laughs> uh, want to clarify something I mentioned earlier. Boise State uh, did not lose to Wisconsin. They lost to Washington. Uh, so thanks for that correction. I appreciate that. Loyal listeners, credibility is everything. And so, uh, oh, yeah. Call us out. Oh, we, we love it. Let's correct our mistakes. Absolutely. Uh, and keep those tweets coming. If you have uh, comments on the poll question, uh, weigh in on BYUTVSports.com who will have the biggest impact on tomorrow's game against Utah State. Taysom Hill still leading, followed by Kyle Vanoy, Chucky Keaton, and Jamal Williams. And tweet at BYU Sports Nation. Recapping some of today's top news stories, Austin Colley signs with the New England Patriots. Sweet! 
He will wear number 10 and will immediately have an impact in a thin, wide-receiving core, one would think. He is eligible once he passes a physical two-play Sunday. I don't know if he will, but I would imagine uh, they want to get him in the lineup as soon as possible, given that so many of their receivers are in bad shape. Okay. Coming up, Aggie player, BYU coach, Lavelle Edwards. The legend! Joins BYU Sports Nation next. Need I say more? We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Heck yeah, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. Tomorrow's game day. I love Friday game days. Uh, BYU Radio has pregame coverage starting at 6 Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff is at 7 p.m. Eastern, featuring Spencer Linton live from Romney Stadium in Logan. And the game will air live on CBS College Sports at 8 p.m. Both BYU TV and BYU Radio have extensive postgame coverage right after the game. In the words of one of my favorite sportscasters ever and mentor, Craig Bowlerjack, buckle up for BYU and Utah State. And bundle up for that matter because it's going to be cold. Uh, Updating some injury information in regards to BYU players. Adam Hine sustained a concussion on a vicious block during a kickoff return. Uh, and it came after his 90-yard return. So tough to see him go down, but he's okay. He will not play this week in Logan. They expect him to play against Georgia Tech for the homecoming game. DeAndre Wesley, right tackle. Um, you know, Brock Stringham still battling a shoulder injury. DeAndre Wesley suffered a concussion as well. So it's now Jamal, Adam, and DeAndre Wesley, of what we know, that have had concussions uh, so far this year. So BYU might be down to its... Third string right tackle, maybe Brad Wilcox at right tackle. So that's that's a big loss. Riker Matthews has been practicing with a hip injury. Hopefully he'll be back, uh, the right guard for BYU. And then, of course, Jamal Williams will return after sitting out the Middle Tennessee game with a concussion. And then Cody Hoffman, all indications after the one-game suspension due to team violations are that he will return uh, against Utah State. So huge impact having Jamal and, and Cody back. You need to be full strength against Utah State. It's two more players for Utah State's defense to focus on and worry about. The second and third most talented um, weapons BYU probably has. It, it, it takes a little bit to get Cody the ball, right? He's really good at getting the ball. But to me, Taysom's the number one offensive weapon for BYU. How, how, would, you, how would you rank those three in terms of importance to the BYU offense? Taysom, Jamal, Cody. Jamal before... Cody, because of the given the offensive the rush, changes, yeah, happen? yeah. Last year, absolutely not. I, I would say Cody Hoffman and everybody else, and then everybody else. But his role has changed, and I'm sure that's frustrating for Cody. You know, ten every, catches. Every two receiver games. wants the ball more. Yeah, it's it's ingrained in them. That's that's the cloth that they're cut out of. You want the ball every time. You're open all the time. And with Cody, he has an argument because even when he's not open, he still somehow catches the ball. I've I've. Uh... I want to put everyone on record watch, by the way. So Cody Hoffman needs three touchdowns, 367 yards, and nine catches to become the all-time leader in those categories of BYU. Nine catches. I'm calling it now. He's going to do it tomorrow. He's going to become the all-time reception leader at BYU. He will and imagine. BYU wins. I said it! How many do they win by, Jerem? Are you going to go with a field goal again, make three years in a row that it's been a three-point game? I don't know about the score. I really have no idea. Oh, uh, someone just tweeted, by the way, uh, F. Ruiz 801. He said, Bowler Jack? Frank Dolce thinks Bowler Jack's a Ute Homer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Craig Bowler Jack is a class act. Anybody in the business that knows him knows that. So whether he has an affinity to Utah or BYU, he gets it done. 
he gets it done. Buckle up! Buckle up, bowler! I think that's his Twitter account, by the way. Okay. Shall we move on, Jerem? Yes, let's get to the most important part of the show right now. Right, and that's you, right? No, we we, we had that anyways. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Already. (laughs) Lavelle Edwards played football at Utah State from 1949 to 51 and was an all-Mountain States conference linebacker in 1950. He was the head coach at BYU from 1972 to 2000, amassing 257 wins, sixth most in NCAA FBS history. We welcome Lavelle Edwards to BYU Sports Nation. How you doing, Lavelle? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're feeling great. This is an interesting matchup for a number of reasons. Uh, your alma maters, uh, Utah State, is playing BYU, hosting them at Romney Stadium in Logan. What are you looking forward to most in the Cougars and Aggies matchup? Well, you know what? Right off the top, you'd have to say that uh, both defenses are really quite solid and quite good. And uh, I, I think BYU has been a little up and down offensively, and uh, depending on how they come along that, that area, you know, it's going to depend on what kind of game it'll be and what kind of team they'll have this year. So off the top, it looks like a low-scoring game, so that means another 55-54 game or so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, about, that's about the way, as good as I am at predicting anyway. So. The ni- and, and you joke, but you coached in that 1993 game, 58-56 Utah State wins. John Walsh throws for 619 yards. What do you remember from that game, Lavelle? I remember there was no defense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I'd never been involved in a game like that. That was, you talk about a track meet, man, that was, uh, we outscored the basketball team that year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Lavelle, you obviously start at Utah State. Uh, just walk us down memory lane a little bit of as playing for the Aggies and what that program meant to you in your life. Well, when I was uh, in high school, I played uh, in Orem, uh, called Lincoln High School in those days. It's all has since been uh, torn down. But uh, I had opportunities to go to a couple of schools in the state, Utah uh, Utah State and uh, BYU, with scholarship, and uh, I chose uh, Utah State. Uh, they had had a good team there the year before, a couple of years before. And, uh, you know, I just liked the place and uh, went up there, and nobody would have had a, a better time, a better experience than I had while I was at Utah State. You know, of course, I met my wife, Patty, there. and uh, But uh, apart from that, uh, it's just a great school and a great time we had. Really enjoyed it very much. Lavelle Edwards is here on BYU Sports Nation. Lavelle, uh, with no Utah on the schedule for BYU the next two years, does the Utah State game become more important to BYU? I think that's probably true. I hadn't thought a whole lot about it, but I know that uh, getting back to the Utah-BYU game, I think, you know, it's it's lost a little bit of the luster because of the fact that they're no longer in the same league uh, playing in the middle of the year like, like you do any other game. And so that was, uh, you know, something you always look forward to at the end. And I think the Aggies, were, that was always a game that I looked forward to because I, Loved my experiences up there, and, uh, and we we had some great games with them over the years. And it took me, I think when I was appointed a head football coach, I think it took me two or three years before I finally beat the Aggies. Uh, I, beat, I beat Utah right off the bat, but it took a while to, to 
to beat the Yankees. And so that was uh, kind of stood out in my mind there for a period of time. But, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it, you just couldn't uh, ask for a better experience than I had at, at Utah State. College Football Hall of Fame coach Lavelle Edwards joining BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. Lavelle, you've had an opportunity to watch some outstanding runners in your tenure at BYU as the coach and now as uh, an emeritus coach, if you will. Let's talk about Eldon Fortine, 1962, led the nation in the single wing, and then the first year you take over as head coach, you have the nation's leading rusher in Pete Van Valkenburg. Comparing them to Taysom Hill, where does Taysom's skill set match up with Eldon and Pete Van Valkenburg? Well, you know, they had a lot of the same. Of course, he's bigger than either one of them. Uh, Pete, Pete was tall, uh, like uh, 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 but uh, the uh, I think I don't know. He's bigger. Uh, he was, uh, I think, heavier. And what does he weigh? Two twenty or something? And, yeah, Taysom's two twenty. Yeah, and he's a uh, he, he's very fluid, and I, I think he may be faster than uh, I don't know about Elvin, but he was faster than uh, I think Pete. And uh, anyway, it's just a different era, a different time. Uh, but I'm really impressed with uh, Hill. I think when he, you know, kind of settles in with his passing and gets a little more consistent that way, that he's he's going to be a real threat. Uh, I think in the years to come. Lavelle, when you look at BYU's go-fast, go-hard offense, I'm reminded of what you did with BYU's passing offense, a team that might not be as talented as some of the elite programs nationally, but you create a system that gives you a competitive advantage. What are your thoughts on the go-fast, go-hard offense? Well, I, you know, I, you can put whatever label you want to on, you know, on any offense. and. Uh, you know, it's fine, but the bottom line is you, you've got to uh, be consistent and you've got to perform. And I think they will as they get uh, get into it. It seems like the whole world's, uh, you know, gone to that, that same kind of spread offense, uh, the read option, uh, throwing off from it, and, uh, uh, you know, those kind of things. And uh, so it, uh, I think as they get into it, uh, they'll probably get better at it, so... You know, like I said, you could put a label on whatever and uh, and just see how it works out. But the bottom line is you've got to be able to execute it and uh, and and make it work no matter what you're doing. Uh, Lavelle, obviously BYU's defense has really, really stepped up. They've only allowed 24 or more points once in the last 21 games. Bronco Mendenhall has done a fantastic job establishing himself as a defensive power in college football. What are your impressions of him and how he has uh, performed as head coach of this program? Well, I think he's doing an excellent job. I think he's, uh, like you say, his his real strength is defense. And, uh, and I, you know, they've been pretty good. They've been good on defense uh, uh, every year since, you know, I think since he's been the head coach. And, I think if we'd have had him when we had that 56-58 game or whatever it was, we might have won. <laughs> <laughs> so he, no, he's really he's done a great job. And when you uh, look, and is doing a good job, I think. Lavelle Edwards joining us here on uh, BYU Sports Nation. And when you look at uh, the BYU, I guess program right now, this is not the same program that um, I guess you developed. You know, BYU is doing it in a different way. BYU didn't throw a touchdown pass in September, and they've got a really, really good defense. Uh, it's different, but it, 
your thoughts on, I guess, how it seems to be working decently effectively? Well, I think, as I said, they'll get better. Taysom is only a sophomore, I believe, and, uh, you know, and hasn't had a lot of uh, experience. They come in, they've got a, they've got a completely new offensive staff. Uh, you know, I think every one of them are, are first year, and I think it takes a while uh, uh, for a staff to gel and to work together and to uh, you know, totally get on the same page of what you're doing. I don't know that they're not on the same page. I just think that that experience-wise, that you know, you you get better, and uh, and I think that's what BYU is facing right now. So it, it, it's like I said before, uh, regardless of what label you put on you know, that system, that if they're running the single wing, you know, it, it's going to take a while to you know to get it, the thing executed. Lavelle, where are you going to single wing? That's all. That's all. Offensive football is now is a glorified single wing with this throwing <laughs> the option in there. That's about it. Jeremy and I were just having that discussion. Uh, we were wondering where are you going to watch the game this Friday? I'm going to be. Uh, I, I, I normally I would have been up there to see the game, but I've got to be in Logan or in uh, St. George for another commitment that I made before. I realized what the date was, and uh, so I will not be there, but I'll certainly be watching. Does that commitment involve golf? Because I know you're a pretty avid golfer and a pretty good well, golfer. It normally it would have, but this one doesn't, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, However, man. I am taking my golf clubs just in case uh, <laughs> something happens. You have to be prepared at all times. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what? That, that's one of them. It's like when... Uh, um, when I'd leave home in the office in the morning when I was coaching there toward the end, I always had my golf clubs in the trunk. And, uh, <laughs> I used to ask myself, would you rather be going to the golf course or the the office? And uh, when I became obvious that I'd rather be going to the golf course, I figured it was time to quit. <laughs> You've earned it. You have earned the right to play golf when and wherever you want. Lavelle, oh, thanks so thank much you. for the time. Hey, it's good talking to you guys. And, uh, Again, I, I just can't say enough about the Aggies. I, I love the place, and uh, good luck to you. And it's fun to see them having good success, too. Absolutely. I Matt Wells, but I think Matt was on that team, wasn't he? He was. He told us he yeah. was a, a red-shirting quarterback holding a clipboard on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> tell, him, tell him he held he, we'll do that Lavelle we appreciate the time and have fun in St. George it's good talking to you guys thank you thank Thank you you. Lavelle Edwards the legend Uh, fantastic stuff from him we'll recap that in a minute Uh, coming up the Cougar Whip Around plus today's Rise and Shout in your tweets this is BYU Sports Nation stay with us we'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this Welcome back to BYU Sports Station on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. You know what time it is. Let's whip it! Woo! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Women's Volleyball. The Cougars have won nine of their last ten. They are at Pepperdine tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it live on ESPNU. BYU leading the West Coast Conference currently unbeaten there. 3-0 in conference play. Cross Country. The Cougars, the women's team that is, heads to South Bend, Indiana. Today for the Notre Dame Invitational. This meet sets the stage for BYU's football game at Notre Dame on November 23rd. Soccer. 
The women's team currently ranked number 22 in the latest NSCAA rankings after losing three of the last four. They play at 20th-ranked Baylor in a crucial match this Friday, the final non-conference game of the season. With that in mind, we welcome head coach Jennifer Rockwood to BYU Sports Nation. Coach, your team uh, started really hot. You scored 10 goals the first three wins, but you've cooled off since then. Uh, You're heading to face 20th-ranked Baylor. What have you been focusing on with your team to rediscover that offensive mojo again? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've uh, struggled offensively and just haven't found a a way to put the ball in the back of the net, which, you know, this group has proven to do already. So we just got to remember some of the things and how we felt and how we played at the beginning of the season and um, certainly, you know, addressing some things and trying to get the girls more in front of the goal, making decisions and getting shots off. And we're going to make a couple changes to see if we can uh, get our forwards the ball in better uh, opportunities, and you know, I really think that once we score one, hopefully the rest will, will start coming. Chatting with Jennifer Rockwood, women's soccer coach here at BYU, joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at uh, Baylor, uh, final non-conference game and against a, a very good team, uh, how mm-hmm. important is it, is it to finish non-conference play strong with a win? Uh, well, it's very important. It certainly has NCAA uh, implications as well. We've played a really tough schedule, probably the toughest schedule uh, our program's ever played. And so, uh, you know, we've got to be on our best every single week. So it's important that we bounce back. You know, we've played a tough comp- a non-conference schedule to get ready for, you know, the demands of the WCC. And uh, certainly we want to go into conference play with a little bit more confidence and, and prove that we can score some goals. Yeah, Nebraska, Denver, LSU, and now Baylor just come to mind when you talk about that tough schedule. What have you learned about your team going through this adversity? Um, well, you know, it's, it's, we've had some injuries, which is, I think has affected us a little bit, too. And, you know, you always feel bad for those kids who, who don't have the opportunity to play, especially when they had some key roles, uh, you know, Murphy and, and Avery uh, out for the season now. Um, but, you know, we've got some younger players that I think can step up for us. And, uh, you know, our returning players, our seniors, I know they're really anxious to get going. Uh, they've been working really hard, trying not to get too frustrated. Um, but, you know, we have such high expectations, and sometimes that's, can bring in a little extra added pressure and we're just trying to deal with that pressure of uh, you know kind of us expecting our best and everyone expecting us to do well. Jen I know that you're headed to Waco Texas I have a very good friend that works there as a sportscaster there and he says if you come to Waco please please eat the barbecue so you may want to tell the girls to lay off that given you have a game but do yourself a favor find some barbecue in Waco because I hear it is world class. Will do hopefully (laughs) celebrating after the game. (laughs) Thanks Jen and good luck against the Bears. Hey thanks a lot guys. Jennifer Rockwood joining BYU Sports Nation. Appreciate the time and best of luck to the Cougars. Tomorrow, big game against 20th-ranked Baylor. Tomorrow on the show, Utah State head coach Matt Wells, as well as uh, our, our Friday legendary BYU quarterback lineup continues. Gary Scheide will be on the show tomorrow. Last week was Robbie Bosco. Uh, two weeks before that, Steve Young, and the week before that, Ty Emmer. Boom! So we're, we're going to go around the horn. We've we got to get everybody. We've got to get Wilson, uh, Nielsen. McMahon. Sarkeesian. Nah, he probably, during the season. We'll, we'll try. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see what we can come up with. Hey, our rise and shout very quickly goes to Austin Cauley. Signs with the New England Patriots. We'll wear number 10 and we'll catch passes from one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, Tom Brady. You know what Bill Belichick says about that? Uh, we're really excited to uh, sign Austin Collie. Uh, it's going to be a tremendous fit for our uh, team, and uh, we look forward to it. I think you're a little too excited right there. That's a little, I don't think Belichick gets that excited. Uh, it's going to be uh, great for the Patriots. <laughs> Very good. Very quickly, Jeremy, favorite thing LaValle Edwards said? Uh, Bronco Mendenhall doing an excellent job. 
Yeah, for me, it was, he said it's going to be a low-scoring game, so it'll probably be 55-54, because <laughs> that's how good his predictions are. Awesome. Big thanks to our guests, Lavelle Edwards and Kyler Fackrell, everyone in our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out archived episodes of the show on the BYU radio <laughs> YouTube channel every afternoon, and watch Austin Collie on the Patriots. Thanks, Bill. For Jeremy Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. You have just listened to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you.